Trixie and Katya convinced me to watch two episodes of Bridgerton season two. I guess that's just proof that drag queens can sell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that was an exasperated sigh. I know. <laughs> what was that about? Uh, I guess just, like, life in general. Just world weariness? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'll tell you that the world has really been throwing me for a loop lately. <sighs> Same. <laughs> Same, brother. Mm-hmm. I've been having so many issues with this one clock I have. Good thing you have so many other clocks. Yeah, but, I mean, just because I have enough other clocks to be able to tell the time does not mean that I am not worried about the issues with my one clock, you know? That's true. This clock keeps running super slow, and I don't... Hmm. I don't think it's the battery, because I just tried to change the battery, like, literally an hour ago, and I put a brand new battery into this clock, and it didn't work. It just, it did not work at all, so I put the old battery back in, and it was ticking again just fine, but, like, I keep having to set it because it's running, like, literally, it ruins will run like a half hour slow over the course of the day. And I don't, Hmm. like, normally that would be a sign that, like, maybe the battery is dead. But it hasn't stopped completely and it has been doing this for weeks. That is so weird. I am just thrown for a loop by it. Sometimes I get in my car and the clock is off by, like, up to two hours and 45 minutes. Oh. And I just think maybe my car exists in, like, a different dimension Uh (laughs) so maybe this clock is telling time for like a different universe yeah that seems pretty likely i don't know yeah it's the most logical explanation honestly yes for sure so i wanted to say up front because we always save this to the end but if you're not following us on instagram and tiktok you should be and i also wanted to just shout out the listeners. I was looking at some of our earlier episodes this week and the numbers have been growing. So if you've been listening or sharing our podcast with friends, like, thank you so much. We just found out that our childhood and adulthood friend, I guess, as well, Gabby has been listening and she has been sending us updates like every day about what she thinks about it. And I love it. So thank you, Gabby, for listening and finding it. Yes, thank you, Gabby. And who knows, our listeners may be hearing from Gabby sometime soon because she (laughs) has invited herself to be a guest on the podcast, (laughs) which we are excited about. She put in the work, though. She did. She She is the only one who has sent us an outline of things she would talk about on the (laughs) podcast. podcast. Yes. And that is great because it's less work for us. So lots of exciting things to come. I am very excited for all of the things that we have. We've been making plans for season three of the podcast. And I think that our listeners might enjoy the different things that we're going to try for season three. It'll still be the same old televisionary that you've come to know and love, of course. Hopefully love. Yeah. But, um... (laughs) (laughs) Or hate listen to, I don't know. But we're just going to spice things up. Try a little 
variation in our approach, our formula, and just see what happens. I'm personally very excited, although eh, that's not what we're talking about today, but... (laughs) Uh (laughs) Well, I do have some things to talk about today. There has been quite a bit happening in the TV streaming world. world. I think the biggest topic of conversation is that uh, Netflix, for the first time in a decade, has reported a loss of subscribers. They had a net loss of 200,000 subscribers in Mm -hmm. the first quarter of 2022, and the stock price as a result of that went plunging down 35% last week, and there has been, you know, a flurry of reports of why this has happened and how they are planning to correct it and all that kind of stuff. So I just read a Vulture article earlier today, which I sent to you, Elena, and that was kind of laying out all of the reasons of how this happened and how it might be rectified in Netflix's future, if it can be. Yes. And I thought that that article hit a lot of great points, so I definitely recommend it to our listeners if you are interested in all of this to give that a read. It was a great article. Yeah, it really was. And I totally think that everything that they said makes sense, and some of those things, honestly, I even having limited knowledge of insider any you know <laughs> anything to do with the behind the scenes stuff at Netflix this was some some of these things were points that i feel like i've addressed on this podcast well, and that have been <laughs> floating through my mind for a while now it's so funny that you say that because whenever this happened i turned to whoever I was with at the time, which was, like, probably Zach, because he's the only person I'm, like, ever around, (laughs) and I said, I've literally been saying this was going to happen for years. (laughs) Yep. And, like, you know, I definitely think, and we'll talk about this, but I do think they can pivot. I think they can change. They've been around longer than most of the other streamers, and they're just at a different point in their growth process as a lot of the Mm -hmm. other streamers. I did see in that article they said they're estimating that they'll lose another 2 million subscribers within the next few months. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely going to continue, like they're going to continue to lose. But my thing with Netflix that I've always called into question is like anytime they've borrowed copious amounts of money to make content, they've basically just said the only plan they have to make money is to constantly grow their subscriber base, which is fine when you're in like the early stages and you're high growth and you're revolutionary and you're picking up millions of new subscribers every year. But I don't have a a degree in business, but like I know that everything reaches a point where that type of growth is just no longer possible because you've Mm -hmm. You've reached all the people who are easy to get to, like all of the people that it made sense for to use your platform. And then it's like, okay, well, what's your long-term growth strategy? And I think I don't like want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but Netflix feels so like bloated with stuff no one cares about anymore. Mm -hmm. I think like that's one of their biggest problems. And as the internet and like entertainment that's available online just becomes more and more saturated and you have more and more options, it becomes a lot more about curation, I think. And I look to something like Spotify, which I know is not a TV platform, 
But I think Spotify nails their curation very well because they have tons of playlists. They have things made specifically for you based on what you've been listening to. And they have that whole like fun end of year wrapped that they do, which is the mm -hmm. best free marketing anyone could ever do because everyone <laughs> shares that stuff online. And I've actually thought before in the past, like, I don't understand why Netflix doesn't do that more. Like they do recommended for you, but I feel like they could follow that model a little bit more closely if they wanted to and curate things more specifically to your taste or I don't know, explore that market a little bit more because I think their biggest issue that I see is that they're losing subscribers, they're not making buzzworthy content, and they're just so bloated that I don't even like going on their platform anymore because I don't know where to go. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what to watch because there's so much stuff and, like, mm -hmm. schlock. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes. that was a long rant, but I just had to get that out of the way. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did because I think... We're very much on the same page about Netflix. I have said multiple times on this podcast that I canceled my Netflix subscription. I think it was a year and a half ago or so now. Like, it was a long time ago, and I don't miss it. Like, there are a couple of shows on Netflix, like Dairy Girls, for example, which mm -hmm. has a new season out. And, like, that's really the only show that I was like, hmm. I should get Netflix back to watch that. And then a couple of shows that we're planning to talk about on season three of our podcast that I don't have access to otherwise that I'm like, mm, should I get Netflix back to watch these things? But right. I'm not eager to get back on Netflix for anything else. Like, I just don't care enough about the content that they've been making to spend my, what is it now, fifteen forty nine a month or something yeah. for the basic plan. That's just not worth it to me because the content is not there and has not been there for years now like their plan all along which this is something the article addresses has just been to throw as much stuff to the wall as they can and see what sticks yeah instead of investing all of their money into developing content that's actually going to work it's been let's give Shonda Rhimes and Ryan Murphy these almost billion dollar deals you know, right. we don't know exactly how much, but these insane amounts of money to come and be the exclusive home for their content. But if that content sucks, oh well. Like, they, right. it, there has not been any investment in actually developing properties that can last and continue to build a following over time. It's been, let's make three seasons of this crappy show and yep. just put it in front of people's faces enough times and let the autoplay keep them watching it whether they want to or not and you know then that they'll move on to the next thing whether they really like that content or not there's right. just not engagement on the same same level that there is with with other platforms at this point yeah i literally wrote down exactly what you said netflix feels like they've thrown everything at the wall hbo max and paramount plus feel deliberate and more manageable yes and like there's a distinct difference even on the landing page of those platforms where you come on to netflix and the autoplay mm -hmm. is just playing some garbage and it's like i i literally have to scroll down and hover my mouse like along the margin of the page so that nothing starts playing uh -huh. like and it just doesn't feel good and I know, like, that is not 
an easy thing to quantify and I don't know if like everybody feels the same way I do but looking at the way they look and the way they feel when you're on them it's it's so clear that these other streamers because they've had to kind of catch up and take their time and like be deliberate with what they're doing it definitely feels a lot more welcoming and I'm way more likely to pay money for those things for that reason alone. Yeah, I feel like Netflix has gone from trying to be HBO to trying to be like CBS. Right. They've gotten away from that idea of anything prestigious. You know, like the last prestige show I would say that they have come out with, in my opinion, is The Crown. And that's yeah. five seasons in at this point or the queen's, so, queen's gambit but that was a mini series uh-huh right <laughs> so it's been about churning out this content that is simple for people to consume and then move on to the next thing and at a certain point if the audience is not enjoying enough of what they are consuming then they're just going to lose interest and with so many other options out there right now that are producing arguably much better content then it's no question that people are going to defect yeah and they also cite what i think this is fair that part of the subscriber loss is due to netflix shutting down in russia right now because of the situation with ukraine so you know and other countries where they are still growing, where there still is room to grow, if you're shutting down a country that has a huge potential to grow, right. then, you know, that's understandable. But I would love to know what the number of subscription of subscribers that canceled in the United States was, because it just seems like they have not focused enough on retaining what they had and it has just been expanding and yeah that's that's foolish on their part another thing that the article brought up that i think we've almost kind of hinted at in our oscars episode a little bit we talked about like the difference between a mini series versus like a regular series uh or a made for tv movie versus a regular movie mm -hmm. and i think like we debated how streaming has changed movies and I think one of the things the article brought up is that like because of the way Netflix produces their content it's much more like a movie than it is a traditional tv series so even if Netflix is making content like I think about Virgin River and then they have like some Magnolias show even Bridgerton like those are basically like in my mind equivalent to Hallmark channel shows <laughs> like mm -hmm. they're just bad and like geared toward women and like whatever so you know netflix is pushing all of these subpar series that would not even be on cbs but would be on some like b tier channel like hallmark or whatever but with traditional tv they can you know green light a series produce it cut it in the middle of the season if it's not doing well and then never bring it back again but with netflix everything is produced so differently that like because they drop all episodes at once everything they call it like down the can or whatever like <laughs> they just have so much content like stockpiled and already made that they're already going to put out that like any sort of immediate change is not going to have the same effect it would on like a traditional TV channel because Netflix produces things like movies and it just takes more time from, you know, inception to it launching on the site. So I think any like quick changes are kind of harder for them to do. 
I don't know. I, I just thought that was really interesting. I think there's some truth to that. I think one area where they could make some more immediate changes, and I have seen them do this a little bit, is with their reality TV show programming. They have tested releasing things weekly, which helps draw out the attention span of people watching, helps build, you know, excitement or whatever. But like reality TV is one area where all streamers are trying to grow. It's cheaper to produce and it can be done much more quickly than a scripted show. So that's maybe one way where they could make a little more content or focus a little more on that and maybe get some attention back and maybe gain some some subscribers. But I think any major content changes are just like two or three years away based on how they've been making things. And I don't know if I explained that perfectly, so I hope that made sense. But do you know what I'm trying to say? I think so, and I think you're right, because the approach, as I said earlier, has not been to just make good content. It's been to make as much content as possible and hope that it will find an audience, rather than trying to find another squid game, which no one would have predicted became the most popular TV show in the world last year, or trying to replicate the critical success of The Crown or something like that. It has not been intentional in the way that it needs to be, and there's no indication that there is more of that kind of prestigious or all-encompassing kind of check-every-box content coming down the pipeline. So that's not going to happen right away. Like you said, it's going to take a little while for them to get to that point, and by the time that they do, they're probably going to suffer a little bit more. And that doesn't mean that they will never rebound. I think if they are able to drum up a huge worldwide hit again, then, you know, they have a chance at still competing as the other other streamers continue to grow so much. But the other streamers are so new and still finding that novelty in their Mm -hmm. approach and finding what makes them different, what sets them apart, and what works for their audiences. And Netflix has, it seems weird, but they now have to figure all of that out for themselves at the point where they are, because it's not just a given that they're going to be the biggest streaming platform in the world anymore. They still will be for a while. I mean, no one can quite touch them at this point, but if they keep doing things exactly the way that they've been doing them, it's only a matter of time before they fade, or at least even out with the others. Yeah. If not fade away completely. I don't see that happening, but... No, at least not for quite some time. I Two decades, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I did want to say, since I always talk about reality TV stuff and never back it up, Uh, To tie in the Kardashians, I did see that it is the number one most streamed premiere on Hulu. Mm. And out of all of, like, the Hulu Disney Plus programming, the only series that have ever beat it are, like, the Star Wars streaming series. Hmm. So I'm not crazy. That is a big draw for people. I know the Kardashians are a huge name, Mm -hmm. but I think that people... Up until this point, there have been, like, some made-for-streaming reality series that have done well, like Love is Blind comes to mind. There's other ones, of course, but uh, I think 
this is like really solid proof that people are willing to come to a streaming service to watch reality TV and will come back week after week because that one's being released one a week. So I don't think I'm crazy in saying that. But I did have a question for you. You had mentioned to me as well that CNN Plus is being eliminated the uh-huh. like streaming service of CNN and is probably going to be folded in with like the HBO Discovery right umbrella whatever that but, ends up becoming <laughs> yeah and i just wondered what you think about the future of HBO Max now that it's getting all of these other things folded in do you think it's going to go in the direction of feeling curated are they going to keep everything very separate and like tailor it to like what people have been watching or do you think that it's going to go the way of Netflix where it just feels saturated with content or do we just like not know at this point what they're going to do yeah I mean it's hard to predict what all will happen with this merger with HBO Max and Discovery Plus and Warner Media and Discovery you know becoming <laughs> one company I wasn't even aware that CNN was owned by Warner Media <laughs> um, me which feels silly of me I guess but I at least the approach that HBO Max has taken so far is to clearly delineate okay these are the brands of content that we have housed under our service so you can look at the platform and see oh here are the DC movies and you know from the DC Comics universe here is the Cartoon Network stuff here is you know right. Adult Swim here is the Crunchyroll stuff you know here is the uh, not, I don't even know what Crunchyroll is but I know that I it's, it's on it's HBO anime. Max yeah um <laughs> And, you know, then here is the name brand HBO content. It's all separated in a way that you recognize what is there. And it's not just labeled Netflix like everything else. So I think whenever you know that the streamer, I guess, that the service has these different names that you know and trust it's a little bit more appealing because you can easily find that stuff that you are looking for and with netflix they don't separate it out like that so Mm -hmm. even though you might know that they have all the new ryan murphy shows that are coming out they don't just have like a category called ryan murphy that you can click on and see all of that stuff and like hulu does a very good job of that kind of stuff too i think yeah um i think and so. like disney plus has you know the national geographic the pixar the star wars the marvel all of that mm-hmm. stuff and i think it's just silly of netflix not to try to do that because not all netflix content is the same and they shouldn't want it to be the same right. and i think that's where sort of the folly has come from is that there's there's starting to become a perception at least in my opinion, of what Netflix content, quote-unquote Netflix content is, and it's not good. (laughs) Like you said, it's that Hallmark kind of schlock that is, you know, that's not going to sustain an audience for a long period of time because over, you know, however many years it has taken to get to this point, people have, you know, everything has started to just normalize and get to that middle-of-the-road BS, I guess, that they are that they keep making <laughs> because the stuff that has been good has not stayed on the air long enough to like right. continue it, it's supporting its following. And the stuff that was crappy, no one knew about anyway. So it's just this mediocre stuff that 
keeps rising to the top because I don't know it satisfies satisfies enough people enough to like make them keep watching it but not to fully appreciate what it is and not to make yeah the creators of that content a you know name well, like household names because or that's like all that. Netflix has like Netflix's plan and reading the article it backed this up has always just been to point people back to Netflix the mm-hmm. only curation they've really done is their top 10 which is like pointing people to the most popular series sometimes once in a while it will be something that's not a netflix series they're so tight-lipped about their numbers and everything so they could literally just be making stuff up i feel (laughs) like the stuff that gets recommended to me is just them pushing their own content to me Mm -hmm. and instead of being like you know hulu or disney plus or hbo and like slowly maybe eating up some of these other streaming sites. I mean, Netflix is so independent. It's so different than those. It's hard to compare, but there's no reason why Netflix couldn't have purchased IMDb TV or whatever, but they didn't want to do that. And now we're at this point where everybody else is kind of doing that, whether intentionally or like out of necessity or because of like mergers, but Netflix remains really independent and just focused on being Netflix. They even talk, you know, like the CEO or co-CEO or whatever says that their competition is not other streamers, it's TikTok, it's other forms of entertainment. That might have been true five years ago, but that is absolutely not true anymore Mm -hmm. because they're not what they used to be. So... I just think it's, I don't think I ever see them trying to acquire any other actual streaming, like smaller streamers. Maybe they could devote more of their money to picking up like, I don't know, exclusive rights to other creators, like old material, but that gets really messy because the creators at a certain point don't really have control over that. So you can really only get like Shonda Rhimes to make new stuff for you and hope that you can hang on to like Grey's Anatomy or whatever. Right. I feel like it almost would have made sense for Netflix to buy all of the rights to the content from Quibi. You remember Quibi? Yes. Was that last year or the year before? Um, that was, I think two years ago, yeah. Yeah, that was attempted to become a short-form streaming platform that just had the worst possible timing because it launched right at the pandemic when people had time to sit at home and like actually watch full-length content. Right. But, I mean, there were other reasons why it failed, too, but it, it was very short-lived. But they had a big investment in original content, and I think something like that would differentiate Netflix a little bit yeah. if they have these shows for people that are looking for something that's you know only 10 minutes an episode or whatever that kind of purchase i think would make sense for netflix but it's not something that i think they would ever do Mm-mm. they're so devoted to sticking to their brand of just being the biggest and best but they're no longer the best and they very soon won't even be the biggest as <laughs> these other streamers <laughs> continue to grow so yeah. they just need to They've got to differentiate and they've got to find ways to do something like CNN Plus going to HBO Max or whatever that service becomes. Like if they could have news in some way, you know, available to people or if they could do live streaming events like, yes. They're the only one that doesn't do like any sports. Yes. 
And like as we talked about on another mini-sode, Dancing with the Stars going to Disney Plus mm-hmm. and streaming live. Like, Netflix has never tried doing anything like that. And it just seems stupid in this day and age when everyone else is trying something <laughs> so different for them to not, yeah. to not even care, apparently, about that kind of stuff. Fascinating stuff. Hopefully our listeners think it's as interesting as I do. I hope so, too, because we just talked about it for a long time. (laughs) I did have one other topic that maybe we could squeeze into this mini-sode, too, and hope it doesn't turn into a full-length, hour-long episode. But this last week, a new winner of RuPaul's Drag Race was crowned. The winner of season 14, Willow Pill, uh, was Hmm. the first trans winner of a regular season of All-Stars. Or of All Stars. A regular season of Drag Race is the first non All Star season won by a mm-hmm. trans winner of the US version. So I think that's very uh, important to note because one of the things we talked about on our Drag Race episode, if, which if you have not listened to, go back and find that from January of 2022. But one thing we noted was how the show's of sort of opinions on trans contestants has changed so much over time and took a long time to get to that point where they were sort of, you know, even considering trans people as being eligible for the show, I guess. Right. So to have a winner, especially a, a trans winner, especially on a season where five of the 14 contestants were trans. Wow. That's, that's a landmark. And I think you know, it, it does show the show's commitment now to representing the entirety of the drag community and really representing the art of drag as it is now. Yeah, definitely. And on top of all of that, on a whim, it seems, the prize money for this season's winner and runner-up were upped significantly from seasons past. The prize had been $100,000 for seasons and seasons, and then they just announced that this season it was going to be $150,000 and that the runner-up was going to get a cash prize of $50,000, which they had never disclosed any amount of money that the runner-up got before. So I don't know where these uh, increases in prize money came from. They were sponsored by Cash App, but... Um, wow! Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I feel like it was it was about time that they yeah. started giving more money because the show is extremely popular and it is... Definitely harder than a lot of other reality shows that might give away more money. So I don't know if you have thoughts on any of that, but I'm I just, glad to see it happen. <laughs> I thought it was so strange that it had, had it had not increased in so many seasons. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty much been a hundred thousand dollars for. I think season four, four or five yeah. is when it became a hundred thousand. Yeah. I think it was. I think season four it was definitely a hundred thousand dollars because they had the girls that had been eliminated the week before stand there with like a giant check in the in the like what's coming in this ep- or in like the beginning of the episode. The person who went home the week before would be holding this giant check for a hundred thousand dollars and looking really sad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason why I remember it, because I just remember Kenya uh, holding it and like just looking ridiculous. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, I think it's crazy it hadn't increased, and like a hundred thousand dollars just seemed really low to me. Like I know it's you know in terms of ratings isn't always like as 
competitive with like other reality shows i i guess i don't even really know if that's true but (laughs) it doesn't yeah i don't know i it's about time i think it's super weird that they just did it kind of randomly because i feel like you could have because what next season is season 15 Mm-hmm. for season 15 did you say this to me am i just stealing your idea i, think I did <laughs> but but it's a good idea so tell yeah, it to the right. world <laughs> so i think cody said this to me and then i forgot but season 15 they could have just done one hundred and fifty thousand dollars and made it this like big deal that mm-hmm. the money was more and you know one five 150 like it you know it would all sort of make sense <laughs> and like you could maybe get a little bit of like excitement going from that i don't know mm-hmm. but yeah i feel like they just <laughs> didn't increase it for so long because the show is such a star maker whether you win it or not you know yeah the basically i think i said this on our drag race episode if you get onto the show at all you become an instant drag legend you know like the people who go home you know first or third or whenever over the course of the series can still go on to have these hugely successful careers touring and you know being paid for appearances and making music and cameos on well cameos on the surface cameo but uh, on tv shows and you know all of this stuff that winning is not everything when it comes to the show as the success of the all-stars franchise has noted because absolutely they have how many people who did not win the show come back and become extremely popular and now they've done a winner's season or will be doing they filmed they will be releasing an all winners cycle of all stars starting may 20th i have a really bad feeling that jada essence hall is the winner of the all stars (laughs) winner season really why I just keep seeing her, like, with more and more, like, people from the show that I follow and, like, just an uptick on her kind of content online lately. And it just, I just have this weird suspicion that she either makes it to the final three or she wins. I said it here. I could be wrong. She's not my favorite. I don't think she deserved to, to win the show at all, unfortunately. Um... But we'll see. Sorry to cut you off, but mm-hmm. I just have this weird, I don't know, weird right. feeling. We'll find out in a few <laughs> months whether your premonition was correct, I guess. But I think one of the reasons they're doing this all winner cycle is because there are queens who are more popular than a lot of the winners of the show. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter that they have $100,000 in their bank account after winning the show because there are other people like... Katya and you know <laughs> well Bianca Del Rio won but like um, Alyssa Edwards never yeah. won the show and she's definitely got more money than I mean, Evie Oddly Eureka. does like yes like all of these people that you know that winning is not everything so I feel like mm-hmm. this increase in prize money is trying to make winning a little bit more <laughs> of something at least it, it probably won't ever be everything but Trixie and Katya convinced me to watch two episodes of Bridgerton season two because I watched their 21 minute recap of season <laughs> two of Bridgerton wow. and they made it seem really fun and fun to watch. And I guess that's just proof that drag queens can sell me anything. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, anyway, well, 
I did not watch that video, but even if I did, I don't think they would have convinced me to get Maybe my Netflix was... back and, <laughs> and then right. watch Bridgerton. Maybe if I was literally watching it with them, mm, it would uh-huh. have been interesting. If One on personally... each side. Right, if they personally invited me to... <laughs> the home that I'm sure they share and (laughs) asked me to sit down in between them on the couch and watch it, then sure, I would have, but... Well, thank you guys for listening. I feel like this is a good ending place. I think so, too. I am hungry, so I'm gonna go make some tacos now, and maybe you will, too, listeners. I don't know what you're doing for the rest of your day, but I hope that whatever it is, this listening to this podcast was better than whatever is to come. (laughs) I hope that too. I'm going to go see the Northmen. Are you? I am. Okay. Well, let me know how it is. I will. All right. Okay. Well, I've been Cody Hoffman. I've been Elena Hillard. Thanks again for listening. And remember, go follow us on Instagram at Televisionary Podcast and on TikTok at Televisionary Pod. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Televisionary. If you like what you heard, share this episode with a friend. You can follow us on Instagram at Televisionary Podcast, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Bye.